You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. It's time to Take Command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's beat reporter Craig Hoffman. The Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. I am Craig Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson. And all right, Logan, it's time to get ready for another football game, which is good because that means we can mostly stop talking about the last one. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, man. That's a, that's a tough loss. And, you know, it's exciting. That's the fun thing about the NFL is that you get opportunities each and every week to get better and kind of get moving in the right direction. And, you know, that's I think that's something that fans kind of miss is like as a player, as a coach, it's you can't dwell on that one too much like it's done by Tuesday when you kind of review the film and so it's kind of it's good I think it's healthy to kind of get on to the next game and it's gonna be a tough one but um it's always exciting for an opportunity so for sure and uh I thought it was funny uh Jay Gruden tweeted out the other day he's like hey watch out for Washington this week they were terrible against Chicago bounce back against Atlanta terrible against New York all right, actually, it started even with the Buffalo game. They bounced back after yep. Buffalo. They bounced back after Chicago. Can they bounce back after New York? Uh, obviously, the opponent significantly tougher in the defending NFC champion Eagles, who look like they are catching their stride. So we'll get into kind of the matchup itself in a second. But one, one thing that we want to talk about that's more uh, kind of contained within the commander's world is the play calling balance for Eric Bieniemy. Sure. And a big topic of this week, obviously, has been the pressures and sacks given up on Sunday to the Giants, who had five coming into the game and left with far more than that uh, in the game itself. I guess they wanted with six in the game itself, so more than doubled their sack total on the year. And it was the first time, I think, this year that you look back and you go, yeah, most of those were on the offensive line, as opposed to Sam holding the ball too long, not moving in the pocket, whatever it may be. But then people start throwing around these stats of like, oh, the outline's been bad all year. Andrew Wiley's given up more pressures than anyone else. Sadiq Charles has given up more sacks than any interior offensive lineman or second most or whatever it is. And then you just start to look at the percentage numbers and they're right there in the middle. They're sure. average. And, and you just realize like part of the reason that the sack number, the pressure number is so high is because Sam Howell has dropped back to pass more than almost any other. Or it might even be more than any no, other. It's He's the top highest. two. Yeah. yeah, he's he's dropped back to pass more times than any quarterback in the league this year, and thus there are more opportunities, uh, and those those average percentages yield higher uh, raw numbers. So with that uh, very nerdy setup, Logan, um, from a sheer like volume standpoint, 
do they need to just run the football more to keep Sam upright? And, and uh, is like, what, what effect does that have? Or is that a silly oversimplification of a strategy? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, it's a little bit of an oversimplification, but you know, like with everything, there's a, there's an element of truth to that. Right. And I think like when you look at, you know, I think they're at 70% pass to run ratio. It's, it's insanely high. And like, in terms of drop back pass attempts, they're leading by like a hundred, like a hundred attempts. It's, it's a really crazy statistical breakdown when you look at that. So obviously you need to do something a little bit more because like, while analytically, I think we both support the idea of throwing the football as being relatively more efficient. I also think there's advantages to running the football in terms of game flow, in terms of deleveraging your quarterback, making it easier for your offensive line, like you just alluded to all those different things. So, um, I do think you need to probably run the football more but i also think there's layers to this and so the first layer is obviously the run game like we've talked about is kind of cultivated cultivated around this idea that you're going to throw the ball to then run and there's not like this crazy nuanced hyper detailed rushing attack and i'm going to cite you know the 49ers the the um the green bay packers the miami dolphins those are all run schemes that i'm very familiar with even the detroit lions they have a lot of things that i see and i'm like oh that's really good high-level stuff. Receivers involved in the blocking surface. We're changing strength in the middle of the play. Like we have the tight end off the ball to the left. He's blocking back to the right on an outside zone to the right. We're immediately changing of strength. We're using the jet motion principles to kind of find advantageous looks, find the bubbles and spacing of the defense, and find the angles to the next level. That is what I, when I think about a good running game, that's what I think about. Now, like there's many ways to do this thing. There's a hundred ways to skin a cat, a million ways to skin a cat, whatever it is. But I, I think like that's what I would like to see more of. But again, that's my own personal bias. If you want to run the football more, you have to you have to be invested in it in a way that I don't think this team has invested in it. And so I would say, well, what are some simple solutions that you've seen that that there's, that there's a precedent for, having watched Kansas City, having watched where EB comes from, and some of the stuff that maybe you say we could get some miles out of is, hey, let's run a couple more jet sweeps, and it doesn't need to be ten more jet sweeps. We're talking three more jet sweeps because then when that jet sweep action comes and the linebackers bump now we've kind of cultivated some creative angles to the next level so i think there is an element of yes you want to run the football more but you need to be more efficient running the football and how do you do that and I, to me it's there's a schematic element there's a an identity element there's it's a, it's a lot and to kind of make that adjustment week seven of the football season can be a little bit challenging, but also like to your point, you met, you brought this up the other day and I think it's a brilliant point. Even the stuff that we thought we'd see in terms of screens and kind of quick passes, and I'm not talking quick game. I'm talking like quick little bubble screen outlets that right. elevates the rushing attack. And that kind of is a supplement for that. And we haven't seen a lot of that. It's been very, very consistent in terms of we're running, they run a ton of five-step drop and that's what it's been good for them. And I like it, but I'm also, of the mindset that, hey, man, we need to kind of find some different stuff to do. And I don't like to be critical of play callers because it's so hard to do that. But if I'm just kind of thousand foot view and if EB came up to me, I'd say, hey, man. And he, and he asked me, Logan, he asked me for my opinion. This is what I tell him. I'd say, hey, I'd like to see a little bit more diversity in terms of how do we get to our runs? I know we like these runs, but can we be more diverse in terms of formation, motion, shift, whatever, to find advantageous looks? Can we find some of these other opportunities that Kansas City use, utilizes terms of screens like bubble pass that's not exactly what i want to call it because it's more more complicated than just bubble passes but quick immediate throws now screens stuff like that 
to again elevate the de- elevate what you're doing offensively and create horizontal stretch in the defense. And I think there are elements of that. You know, I think they were. I, I really believe they thought the RPO would be more effective for them this year. It hasn't really yeah. had hit the way they thought. I don't think so. There's there's an, an answer. Yes, but I, it's it's more complicated than just yes. The running game needs to be more efficient. There are a, a million ways to be more efficient. You have to select one that you feel like in kind of fits with your offensive philosophy. And that's the thing that I think is challenging at this point is how do you kind of analytically step back, say, this is who we want to be offensively. We want to be a team that passes a lot, but we also got to run the ball. So where is the kind of the Venn diagram cross-sectional that, we, that right. fits us really well? So I think there's also some unique challenges maybe not unique, actually, even thinking about the league, but like some logistical challenges with how they run their offense too, because it's better to run the ball from under center, but you like from angle standpoint, and we've talked about that and you've gone in great detail and kind of informed everybody about why that is in terms of the angles created, the the timing of certain plays, but they don't pass the ball from under center. So you can't, you can't just be like, oh, well, we'll run it from under center and then we'll go back in the shotgun to pass it because then the defense is onto you. Like there's some stuff that's, too simple um and that it won't work because defenses will be on it well i think even gun runs there's it, it obviously like under center like there's things the backs can do their shoulders are facing the line of scrimmage they can be a little bit more aggressive build more speed but when you're in gun if the backs to my right they can only run to the left like that's the run you're going to run and a lot of people say you can pitch left you can pitch it to the right if the, you can pitch it to the same side the backs on but a lot of teams don't do that so like there are you know, I do film breakdowns for guys around the league who are defensive players, and there are insane tendencies, insane tendencies when the back is offset to the right. It's like 90% run to the left. And so, like, it, it, it limits your ability to attack both sides of the defense effectively. Mm-hmm. And I think there's that's something that people often forget, too. So, in addition to being somewhat challenging for the back. I, I personally think, again, I come from a system where we do a lot of a dot runs. Even if it's pistol, you're behind the back, you're at seven yards, you're attacking line of scrimmage, the back can build momentum. They can build. A, you're working on an angle as opposed to working like a 90-degree cut. Think about it. If I cross the quarterback, my shoulders are perpendicular to line of scrimmage as opposed to, or parallel to line of scrimmage as opposed to relatively perpendicular. So all of those things factor in. And I really believe like when you look at good teams like that good have good gun runs, they have a little bit of a wrinkle. Like Philly, for example, they are a team that has some good gun runs. A, their offensive line's amazing and they're able to create a ton of space. B, they have one of the most mobile centers in football. They use him like a fullback and that really ele- elevates what they do. So what is your wrinkle? And one other thing too, because it connects to your last point that the Eagles uh, have you can't just play 90% run to the right because Jalen could keep it 100%. at a much higher rate than any other quarterback in the league. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hundred percent, and so like what? Is, and so I think like obviously the Philadelphia is like a, a like that's really hard to replicate. But you look at like Sean McVay and what he did in L.A. when he first got there, and he found a way through the jet sweep action and through utilizing of jet sweep, which is you know permeated the NFL at this point to kind of find his own wrinkle. And so I'm not saying you need to do anything crazy. 
But what is the wrinkle? What is the thing that allows you to be just a little bit more efficient in the run game? And, you know, I think there's some, I, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't say, I think B-Rob and Gibson are having a hard time with some of the techniques they want them to learn. You can tell sometimes in terms of stretching the run and getting it where it needs to go. But I also think you just help those guys out, help the backs out, help the offensive line out in terms of angles. Like I hate, I hate as an, as an analyst when the double team is just going straight or it's going to an angle to the front side. It just is, when it's an out leverage double team, it's hard. It's really, really hard to be successful with that. So I would just say, um, obviously, you know, I think we all identify that running the football would bring down that percentage in terms of discrepancy. It's just the right now they're not overly efficient in terms of running the ball. So my question to fans, to people watching is, don't think of it as like, I need to run the ball more. I need to run the ball more efficiently earlier in the game, I think is the other element I would kind of allude to there. Because I do think they have good rushing efficiency in the second half, but I think that is kind of, they've kind of built that in because they throw the ball, they get these two shell structures, and then it's like, okay, yeah, it's opened up now, our angles are better, but sometimes you don't have time to do that. So um, that's kind of my thought on that, yeah. Yeah, I would like to see Curtis get back involved in the run game as well. Um, you know, he had to carry in most of their early games this season when the offense, I feel like, is a little more consistent. Um, and there's just something about that. Like, one, he's good at it. Uh, and, you know, you should get good players the ball and in spaces where they're good. Uh, but two, I think it's just another look. It's another thing for a defense to think about. Um, and it can open up some stuff. So I think getting him involved, some of the like a jet pass to Terry, something like that, getting Jahan a, a jet sweep, like it also gets these these playmakers involved. Um, the under center thing, though, like is like is there any track record of success for Sam under center as a passer? Like, how, how does is that even an, an option? Because they it seemed like when they wanted to run the ball last week, when EB was like, OK, we got to run some. This is not going well. They went to like the same play. It looked like under center, the same, at least like, sure. in, you know, let's fake it left, go right. But they also then eventually ran a play action off it. And Sam got destroyed instantly because the Giants probably thought it was run and just pulled through the line of scrimmage and, and went right after Sam. So there was no time. Um, so like you have to be able to mix it up with a little bit of drop back with a little bit of roll with it, with something that's a passing element from under center. Have they done that really at all this year? It doesn't feel like, yes. I mean, uh, in the, in the, in the Broncos game, they did a little bit, a little bit under center, but I think, and they do pass a little bit from under center, but it's not, again, it's, it's majority gun. I want to say it's like 80% gun. That's just a number that I pulled out of my hat over there. Right. But it feels that way. Right. And it's, so they it's a very do, nice do, hat, by the way. Thank you. They do do some stuff like that, but it, to your point, it's, it's, does it marry? There are times even too, like where I feel like from a personnel standpoint, it's very obvious that they're trying to run the football. It's like we're in 12, we're in 13. They're, and there are times where they spread them out and it looks like they're going to throw the ball and then they get nice and tight and packed in and it's, and it's a run. So I, the, it, running, running the football kind of encapsulates all of these things. I yeah. don't think the offense is bad. I think the offense has done some stuff that I've been really impressed with. I think they, the way that, they, that Sam has developed in the offense has been very impressive. Obviously, there are some outliers to this, but he's a young quarterback. He's learning a new system. Yeah. It's hard to feel that way when, like, if the progress is the old stock market graph where, like, you just have to invest over time. On one of the dips, it's hard to feel like you're making progress. But if you look at where we are now compared to where we were week two, it's still, and you draw a straight line, it's still up. Yeah, and it is very, very challenging. And I understand that that's so hard for fans or people just watching the game to kind of internalize, but Sam has done some really good stuff this year. For and sure. so it's just about, again, to this kind of overall point, is how do you, when, when Sam's off, 
which I would say in the Giants game, he's off. How do you run your offense more effectively? And it wasn't just Sam. Obviously, Nick Gates had a hard game. Sadiq, you know, gave up pressure. Like everyone kind of took their turns. And we talked about that on the on the review pod, the film review pod. But when it's not going well, like, do you have something that settles you in? And I feel like they found that in terms of the sprint, the sprint stuff that they did in the second half to the tune of probably like eight to ten times. But I, I don't know. I just I, maybe I'm old school in this regard, but I feel like you should have that kind of yeah, if we have to run the ball, we can run the ball. And I think about, you know, the old um, Indianapolis Colts with Peyton Manning, for example, like best quarterback maybe of all time. And when it got into the playoffs and he was having an off game, they couldn't run the ball. And then you compare that to Tom Brady when he's having an off game. Yeah, we can run the heck out of the ball because it's part of our team identity. And so where is that? And again, this is a new offensive coordinator, new system. He's establishing his identity. I think it's all kind of to be expected, especially in the first year. But it is frustrating to to not have those answers right away. But it but it it's uh, it's it, history shows you that new offenses, no matter where they are, tend to struggle, and the ones that are very successful tend to be outliers. Yeah, and you know, I'll add this to Eb's credit. Um, I think for a lot of this year, like the stuff that got Sam comfortable, those plays that you talk about to like create that comfortability, get Sam back on track, were the quick game stuff that he was missing. So that's uh, that's tough. And it's like, ah, this is the thing. Oh, he's not doing right. the thing. Crap. Right. What else do we do? Um, and how quickly can you get to something else? Um, and the answer wound up being the role stuff. And you no, know, I would run him early in a game too. He's a guy that you know I think does that well, and it also can create like a little bit of a. You know, we talk about the thing with Jalen. Like, you can't play the, the the run straight because you're afraid of the read option. Like, I would try to call a couple of those early and and basically until he pulls one. And get him kind of in the feel of the game that way as well. So that that's another that's possibility. Yeah, and, and and again, there's not like a heavy lift. You're running a lot of tight zone. You're running a lot of duo anyway. Backs offset right. You read that right defensive end. It's the same action for the back. So yeah. and I and I know I, you can tell they've tried to run it a couple of times, and he's handed it off. And I think it's the right read. But at the same time, I, to your point, like, can you build that up? Then you a should have bit? a numbers advantage. Those, those yeah. run plays should work then, right? Right. And so, yeah. And so, I don't, again, I said it's the right read. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. But yeah, I think to your point, like that's a nice way to add a little bit of flexibility. And then can you make that, <clears throat> excuse me, can you make that package a little bit more, um, a little bit more layered? Like I look at Philly, for example, and they are starting to kind of develop their RPO package. Like on, they had a third and short that they were running against Miami, where it looks like old Philly, where it's, We've got two receivers to the left. We got split backs. They run a little pick play off the zone read. The linebacker steps up to tackle Jalen Hurts. He drops the guy in the flat. You throw it to the flat, ends up being a 20 yard gain. Like that's you're layering a concept that's really easy for the quarterback and really easy for the offense to install off of something you already have in, assuming that they have that zone read stuff, which we've seen they've run in short yardage situations. So I would say, yeah, like what is the wrinkle? Like maybe that's the, the, the conclusion here is what is your wrinkle? Yeah to find a more efficient way to run the football because running the ball the way they've been running it obviously is not tenable long term and it it just needs a little bit of, a little bit of seasoning and I think it gets you where you want to go so keep an eye out for that this week against Philly I guess yeah I also wonder um, another potential solution let's go two backs you just mentioned it with Philly like you got Gibson you got Rodriguez you got uh B-Rob like you want to run left or run right, put one on either side. Like there, there's, it's, it's that kind of stuff that you wonder, you know, what, what is the ultimate solution? That's EB's job, not ours. We could throw out a thousand possibilities, uh, but we'll, we'll leave that there for now. We're not the OC, right? Yeah. No, no. My paycheck does not reflect uh, OC. Okay.